You look handsome. Your glasses were fogged up, huh? Yeah, dude. I'm 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 sweating profusely under this sweatshirt. It's kind of so you did a 30 minute gut check workout, and now we're what 48 minutes later? Yeah, like I didn't stop my timer because I had to run here. I, I timed starting my workout a little late, which wasn't ideal. But yeah, I'm at 48 minutes. So I'm 18 minutes removed from this Saturday. So from when we're recording the gut check imam on the app. Dude. It was, Wait, it was good though. For the for um flex or for the imam? No, 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 no. On the imam program. Oh, on the imam program, the gut yeah. check one. Yeah, mm -hmm. those 30 minute gut check ones. I'm I'm a big fan of them. I did one Dude. like what two days ago or whatever it was. Um yeah, I, I like the Saturday gut check stuff that we put out for sure. If you haven't checked out the Train Hard app, that's what Gabe's talking about. It's these gut check workouts. Basically, pretty much every Saturday, um, almost all the programs are focused on a little bit longer because we assume people have a little bit longer in their day to train. And so we, we throw out a little bit of a longer stimulus on those days. So Gabe just hit it. But the beauty is, even though it's a little bit of a longer imam, like the whole reason I did it was because my day just kind of got away from me. And um, it was 30 minutes of work. I jogged the long way to the gym. So I went down to like the main road. It's less than a mile. That was my warm up. to the point that we were talking about warm-ups the other day. Like I just like, you know, leave my house, I'm jogging, I get to the gym, I'm warm and then I can just start right away. So I think like all said and done, leaving the house and granted like my gym's right here. So that's a huge thing, but in and out, I was like, you know, less than 35 minutes warm up included. And dude, you don't need any more than what I did. And the, the workout was... So Imam, 30 minutes, it was five working minutes and a minute of rest. It was 20 calorie row, um, 15 bench athletes choice. I use 55 pound dumbbells, 20 up downs, 25 sit-ups, and then 20 calorie bike and then rest. And that was tough. I couldn't keep the 20 cal bike. So it was a range 15 to 20. I did everything on the high end, but for the last three rounds, I had to knock down the bike to 15. Yeah, Otherwise I was going to die. Dude, 20 cows in a, in a minute on a bike. And it depends on the bike too, man. Like yesterday, so I was at the gym yesterday and part of the workout was like uh, max cows with stuff in the middle. And at our Campbell location, we happen to have actually four types of bikes there. Um, we have like one or we have two bike ergs just to like for recovery and warm up. We have one, um, we have two echo bikes because we just, it's just a different stimulus on the rogue machine, especially if you're going to compete in CrossFit. We want to make sure we have that. Then we have two types of assault bikes. And I have to say each one of them is unique in their, in, in the stimulus and unique in the way that it accumulates calories. I had this one guy go up to me. He's like, dude, I was busting my ass and I only got, you know, 50 calories guy next to me is busting his ass and he got like 200 calories. And I was like, yeah, man, sometimes the bike is just, it is what it is. Like, who knows, but getting 20 cows in a minute is difficult on any of those bikes. But in particular, the Echo bike, 20 cows in a minute is very difficult. I think I could have kept 20 on the row in the bike if I swapped the orders because the bike is harder than the row. I think if I started fresh on the bike and did the row last, I would have had a better chance of keeping 20 and 20. The fact that I did the bike after all the work, dude. Isn't that funny? So isn't that interesting? I would say that getting 20 cows on, okay, so if we're, if we're thinking about this as equal parts, I believe 20 cows on a rower is equal to 15 cows on a bike in particular, if you're on like an echo bike in particular, but I think both of those get done in about a minute. However, I do feel like on a rower and correct me if I'm wrong here on a rower, I feel like getting a higher cow number, like let's just say 20 
is easier to sustain in workouts than it is to sustain on an air bike. For some reason, like your legs fatigue so hard that it's just, it's, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like it's easier well, to get it for one round on a bike, but if you're trying to get it for like five or six rounds, I think it's harder. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's completely true. And I think it's the nature of the movement. You're never resting on the bike. So you're never resting, which means that for like one minute, you can move more calories because you're always going, you're always pedaling, right? On the row, there's a recovery phase. It's very slight, but you're always, there's always like, okay, you work on the pull, but then on the recovery, like you are resting a little bit. So if you think about it, there's a natural, like I would say, I don't know, 75% of every stroke work, but 25% of every stroke you are resting. Where on the bike, you're never resting unless you were to like stop and ghost ride it, but you're moving the entire time. Something's always doing. So I think it's much more metabolically taxing but also you're able to get more to your point in a single minute because you're always moving. Yeah. Whereas in the row, there is a little point where you're not putting work in, you're just bringing the chain back to the machine. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I get the question a lot. Hey, if I if I have a garage gym and I have a you know $1,000 budget, what would you get? I get that question all the time. And let's just say the, the options are concept two bike erg, concept two ski erg, uh, concept two rower, assault bike, echo bike, whatever, right? The bikes, the rowers, or the ergs. If I had a thousand bucks and I had to spend it on one of those, I think, I think I would buy a bike. I would buy an assault or echo bike. How about you? What would you buy? I think the same. I, I, I think the same. I think it's more of a, I think the row, there's just sometimes where you're, you're not going to want to combine it with something like grippy or yeah. very like, you know, like, you know, hinge heavy because it's a very specific movement. I think the bike, you can pretty much pair with anything. Um, and it's a more like, I think effective conditioning tool. Um, and it's also like, it's even nicer for like warm up right? because on the bike, you can go really easy. The row, like you can only go so slow to where it like just feels kind of awkward, you know? And it feels like you're doing nothing, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know what's weird about that is that it's much easier for me to get on a bike at any point in my day than it is for me to pull out the rower. Like for some reason, pulling out the rower just seems like a bigger ordeal than like sitting on a bike and just cruising, even if I'm cruising on a rower. So anyways, our recommendation is if you only had a thousand bucks, get a bike. I do think all of them have their own benefits. Yeah. For sure. That being yeah. said, now that I'm thinking about it, I love, dude, one of my favorite things to do on the rower has been single leg and double leg hamstring curls. Yeah. Dude, it's because it, it's impossible in a, in a garage gym setup. Cause I've even tried those monkey foot things and they're super janky. They're like impossible to use and they're very awkward, but it's really hard to get a hamstring curl stimulus, which, you know, uh, uh, at least from my experience, and some people might think I'm talking out of my butt is there's a lot of knee issues in CrossFit style training because we're very quad dominant. Like we do a lot of quad exercises. You squat a lot, you box jumps, you do power cleans, like you're constantly, constantly squatting and the hamstring. So there's three heads to the hamstring and you can't work all of them by deadlifting. We hinge a lot, but that doesn't work. I forget which head, but you need to hamstring curl to activate the other parts of the hamstring. And over time, that imbalance of like quad to hamstring leads to a lot of issues, specifically knee issues. So I've had a lot of luck with the back issues that I have. I used to have knee issues, just like really incorporating like actual hamstring curling. And you can do some stuff with the bands. You definitely don't need a rower to do it, but laying on your back 
putting your heels on the seat of the rower and just doing hamstring curls, which you can also do on a Pilates ball. You could do on a med ball. So you don't need it. But that specific setup for hamstring curls has been like hands down one of my favorite. I program it in flex all the time. So yeah. one reason why the um the 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 rower is nice. And I've seen people do some cool core exercises. Yeah, like the pike pike ups and, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you you can get creative stuff that you probably can't do. No, not probably that you can't do on an assault bike. But anyway, that would just be a reason for the rower if you're kind of on the fence about it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, a rower, you get the cardio side. You could also then flip over, put your hands on the ground, put your feet facing down and start doing pike ups where you you basically, you know, bring your feet to your hands and those are hard. Then you could flip over, put your shoulders on the ground, your heels on the on the uh, seat and then perform the, the hamstring curls like you're saying. So that is a good point. Maybe we'll do a video about that at, at some point. I um Because that is an added benefit and there have been, it is in the flex program quite a bit. So maybe I'll do those today and do a video on that. That That's actually good inspiration. Thank you for that, Gabe. Yeah, of course, man. It, it's a great movement. Um, and again, we don't get too much hamstring curl going. I got another. Um, so this book is called The Book on Mental Toughness. And I love, love the cover. I, I was going to say, I like the book. Dude, Andy Frizella from First Form. And he also- Shout out to Andy. Shout out to Andy. Dude, the look of this book is just so badass. It looks like an encyclopedia, like something like, hey, son, go grab me, go grab me my book on, you know, I'm going to go teach you about the world and you go grab this book. I think he nailed it just the way it looks like I have it right now. I keep it actually right now on our kitchen table as I'm reading it and the kids see it every day. And it's called The Book of Mental Toughness by Andy Frazella. I wanted to just read a caption and then we talk about it just briefly. I think I'm going to do a coffee clip on this because I think it's a, it's an interesting analogy. So he says, um, uh, they're talking about messing up and he said, um, if it doesn't, then learn your lesson for next time. The aim isn't to go through life without making any mistakes. If you're pushing hard, then you will mess up at times. Look at sports. An example, if you're learning to ski and you never fall down, you're not trying hard enough. If you can catch every pass in football, then you're not getting the ball put in the positions that challenge you. Failure is a part of life. Some of that failure will be designed, like maxing out on a lift, but a lot of it will come from your mistakes. So there, there was more to this, obviously, but what I was gathering is he was equating sports to life. And um, what's interesting about that analogy is he's talking about as a leader to claim your mistakes. And it's interesting because when you get out of your comfort zone, you're pushing yourself, let's just say to greater heights, to whatever that may be as a leader, as a, as a dad, as a whatever, you're going to make mistakes because you're pushing the threshold, you're, you're, you're striving. And he equated that to sports. And I thought that was a great analogy where, you know, anyone could kind of go out there and let's just say basic ski, maybe not anyone, but it, it, you could do it. But as soon as you start pushing, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fall and that's okay. Same thing with any other type of sport. And so I thought that was a really cool analogy for people in their life that if you're getting bummed out because you're feeling like you're making mistakes, you know, his whole thing is like own them, let other people around you know that you made them, but that's the only way you're going to improve. And I think that the equation between sports and life, I thought was a cool analogy for like, you're not going to get to be a pro baseball player unless you make a shit ton of mistakes and miss a whole bunch of balls. But if you just want to go out there and play casual catch, yeah, you might be able to do that. 
but you're never going to reach any type of levels unless you make mistakes. So that was a cool analogy. I wanted to bring it up. Shout out to Andy Frazella on so far. I'm like a quarter of the way through this book. I'm not even close to being done. Yeah, man. Failing is a big part of, of growth. And I know that that's kind of like a cliche thing to say, and it gets said a lot and stuff, but I, I think it goes underestimated. And one of the, like my favorite things that I've, I've heard Alex Harmozy say, it, and it's so true, dude, it's like, you know, most people aren't afraid to fail. They're afraid of other people's judgment of them failing. And it's so true, man. Like if you really dissect why you potentially wouldn't take a risk start that other job, like, you know, quit this thing or whatever thing that seems risky. If you really peel back the layers, I feel like many times for many people, and this has been the case for me as well, you're not really afraid of that thing not working out. You're afraid of what's your, what are your parents going to say if you fail? What are your friends going to think of you if you fail? What, you know, is, are people going to say that you posted and started doing this thing and then you, you know, didn't do it? Like, what are people going to say? And it's not really that you're afraid of failing. Like if you fail, you're just like, all right, whatever, I tried it. But you're more worried about what other people are going to think or say about you if you take that chance. And I think that once you realize that that's the case, and once you combine that with the fact that like, really shouldn't care about other people's opinion of you, like whatever, it's, it's, it's more about what you think, then I think you're more likely to take those risks, either succeed or fail. And to Andy's point, like learn a valuable lesson for it. But some people don't go through that because they're so nervous of what people are going to say if they end up tripping and falling. Yeah. I mean, which well, is unfortunate. Yeah. Take us as an example, right? So, um, I started CrossFit Santa Clara when I was 21. And we've opened gyms, we've closed gyms, we've signed corporate contracts, we've lost corporate contracts. We've, I mean, dude, you, you name it, uh, we've shut down locations because of COVID, we've opened locations after, like whatever. And then, you know, a while ago, we're talking about this train hard brand and we're saying, hey, you know, I have an interest in tactical sports. I have an interest in jujitsu. I have an interest in not just competitive CrossFit. I want to be able to reach people who want to train hard, who want to be able to protect themselves, their family who want to be able to have the fitness to be able to go provide anything they want to their family, never have to be held up by that. And it's like, you know, part of me was obviously nervous about rolling out this brand because, um, it is new, it is different and it creates, um, I don't want to say anxiousness, but it's like, dude, you already got this other thing that's been going for close to 20 years. Why create something new? You know, why, why do that? And it just kept calling me, calling me, calling me. And then dude, we, we launched it. I mean, a while ago with the newsletter, but now with the app and with everything that's going on, it's like, it's, it's, I'm glad we did it, but that's a really good example of what you're talking about where it was hard to do that because, or even when we've rebranded from cross to Santa Clara to NorCal cross or from NorCal cross to NC fit, or when we did the different things, it's like the, the, what's holding you back. Like, you know, you want to do it. But what's holding you back is this fear of what other people are going to think about your decision-making process. And at some point, you just got to say, screw it and just go ahead and rock and roll with it. Um, but that, that, that's easier said than done for sure. But this is a good example with the train hard brand. Yeah. Easier said than done. But I do think that like what you brought up in Andy's book is a, a really good way to make it easier to do, which is there's a very valuable lesson, even if you fail, like there's going to be something there's going to be a net positive from taking that chance regardless, because even if you fail, like you can let that thing spin you out of control and be like, well, this wasn't for me and woe is me. Or there's going to be a valuable lesson there. Like, what did you do wrong? What didn't you think of? What, you know, could you have considered beforehand to not make this thing end up being a failure and then take that on the next thing and 
you'll be better for it. Um, yeah. So you can't really lose unless you let, you know, you failing at something be the thing that like dictates you ever taking a chance again, because yeah. if you don't do that, you're going to win. Well, and, if, and you can't worry about what if like, so here, I'll give you an example. Here's a real life example. We rolled out a license program through NC fit. And at the time I thought it was the right decision to make. We had been thinking about it for a long time. I thought we were going to support gym owners and coaches. I did. I thought it was going to be really beneficial. And turns out that that wasn't, um, a long-term strategy for our business. Things changed. We evolved, we grew and, but I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it because I would have thought about for a long time to come, like, what if, what if we had tried to, what, what could have been, I'd rather try something, maybe realize that it isn't the right fit, then wonder for the next X amount of years, what could have been, you know, and, and, and the license program, I think is a really good example of, of what I'm talking about in that particular case. And the train hard brand has been, dude, it's, it's exceeded my expectations and has provided a lot of fulfillment and the, and, and to your point, it's like the train hard men's club. We meet every week. I put out a text and an email to a group of people. And uh, did I tell you? I think I sent you. We made it into the news. Did you see that yeah, in the leadership? Saw that. So we made it into the news. Um, <laughs> the Mercury News put out a caption that said, you know, um, library fitness class uh, causes disruption or something like that. And someone must have complained. But we had so many police officers there with us. They never showed up. Like, Half our group is police officers, so I don't know what they're going to do. But in either case, every time that I host a train hard men's club, every time, every single time I show up there and on the text message, sometimes people like it. Sometimes I'll get a few responses like, hey, I'll be there. But in general, I get commitments from maybe five people, maybe, maybe seven at the most. Every time I show up for one of these men's club, I assume I'm going to be training by myself. That's my assumption. And I don't know why it's that way. But I just figure, hey, look, worst case, I'm going to get after it myself and I'm already prepared. I'm awake early. I'm ready to go. But dude, I've been overwhelmed by just every single week, just people showing up, man, people showing up and getting after it. And that's an example of what you could build if you take a chance and just let it ride. Because you never know, like if you're thinking about starting a men's club, if you're thinking about starting a workout group, like, dude, you'll never know until you give it a shot. And chances are other people want to be a part of that as well. 100%, man. I think it's something that's very lacking. We've talked about this a lot specifically for men, you know, and I think that that's another thing that we have been talking about is, you know, if there's some badass ladies out there that want to start, you know, right. a, a, a ladies fitness club, you know, Ashley with AK fit, man, she's got AK moms coming over fit. there. Yeah. After, like the reason that we talk about the train hard men's club is because we are men, you're a guy and that's, you know, who you want to speak to and work out with. And that's awesome. But like the actual like underlying concept there isn't about men versus women, one or the other. It's just about getting together with people that want to work hard and working hard. It could even be both men and women. Like there's no rules about who should be getting together, who should be included, who should be excluded. This happens to be who you're passionate about working out with and, and the group that you want to get together. And we've talked about, I think that that is lacking overall, but that isn't to dissuade anyone else from starting a group of people that want to work out together and mixing it up, making it women only, making it moms only, making it like single ladies only, single guys, like whatever, you know, whatever it is, that's the group that you guys singles, will have. Single dude. men and women or, or just single in general, bro. Exactly, man. There's an idea. Dude, you know but what? I'm, I'm, but you know, it's, it's, I think people get really caught up in 
and we've talked about this too, get caught up in like finding the reason why not to like something instead of just seeing that there's something positive here that you can go ahead and make your own, even if it's not exactly the same. Yeah, man. I think, I think probably in the upcoming weeks, very soon, I'll probably do a, um, like a parent child one, um, maybe a dad and son one to start off with and then go from there. But I think those are important. Like tomorrow I'm doing a, a parent, a, a dad, son, um, event with the, the kid's school. And then we're going to do a dad daughter. And like those kind of things are, they're just different, different energies at each one. I think they're both just as powerful, but the, the person who complained to us to Mercury news, it's, I mean, we probably were bumping the music a little bit louder than we should have, but people don't really get mad because they just see us getting after it, man. It's not like we're out there drinking and partying or doing anything bad. We're just trying to better ourselves. And I hope that this Saturday we get a solid group. We're doing it inside the gymnasium at my kid's school. So that'll be cool. And then the following week, we'll probably do it somewhere else outside on the pavement and just get after it. So if you're out there right now, based on what we're talking about with Andy Frizzella's kind of mindset, you're never going to reach the potential unless you make a few mistakes. And if you don't invite people, you're never going to know who could show up. And I, I guarantee you, there's more people out there that are interested in showing up because there needs to be a beacon of energy. And that's really what you could serve as. You're just a beacon of energy. You're just someone who says, hey, come here at this time. Let's get after it. And when they show up, man, you greet them, you say, what's up, you create an energy and you just vibe out and you just enjoy the experience together. And that's what I think has people coming back. Not so much the actual workout itself. I mean, last week, all we did was body weight and it was great. Yeah. The workout's like the excuse to get a group together. But I think that there's so much value in rubbing shoulders with people that are dealing with the same or a similar season in life than you are, which I think is, is the value in making it you know, a, a men's club that's attracting dads, because it's not to say that, you know, women or men that aren't dads or whatever, aren't necessarily welcome. It's that a lot of the value here is being able to know that like, Hey, this guy that's doing this thing with me next to me is going through a lot of the same things that I'm going through. And I appreciate the fact that we're both here. Like that is, I think what makes this stuff special. Um, yeah. Got a couple of weeks until the tactical games. Uh, I'm like six weeks out from my tactical games. So I'm going to be hitting the range more, um, learning a lot that experience. It's a good example of like, you don't know what you don't know until you actually dive deep enough to try and go compete. I think there's a difference between saying you want to compete and then actually getting ready to. So I'm, I'm putting in a lot of work and I'm excited to continue to share that on the podcast. And after my experience, like lessons learned for anybody interested in the tactical games, because there's a lot more to it than I realized. I just found out today that Customs and Border Protection is actually a sponsor. So that's kind of cool. Nice, dude. Worlds, worlds colliding. Very cool. For sure. um, speaking of, of failing, let's talk about my my failure of January <laughs> and already. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, I got to ask you about the, the the cold plunge. So I've seen you doing it. But dude, then you're so here's, traveling. What? Did you not jump in the ocean? I did. I jumped in the ocean one yeah, day. It was like, the only day that like realistically we were able to get there. Like and dude. Degrees, bro. Yeah. It like wasn't bad at all. It's like but anyway, like I knew I had this trip planned. So if anyone's been listening to the podcast, I, I committed to in January. First thing I do when I wake up, getting into my cold plunge, it's been brutal. This is the first time we recorded since the start of January. So I did the first five days because I was in town and dude, from it, blanket to plunge. So the just the just that was what that was Gabe's commitment from blanket to plunge. That's it. Into plunge. Yeah, I go, I put my contacts in, I grab my towel, and then I'm outside the door. My dog looks at me like I'm crazy because we have a dog that lives outside. So she's like, what the hell are you doing? And um, yeah, dude, you get in the cold plunge. It's one heck of an experience. But 
I knew I had the trip going and I wasn't going to be able to do it in there during the trip and that's okay. But dude, first day back, like, you know, we got back not super late. We got back at, at three. And that's another thing we can talk about. Our flight got delayed twice, twice. Our flight the got door canceled fell off a plane because that door fell off that plane, dude, yeah. dude, people's worst nightmare that they're like, Oh, statistically that'll never happen happened. But anyway, we, we can talk about that in a second. So we got back on Tuesday and, you know, I could make the argument that like, because we were on West coast time, like, you know, I was a little jet lag or whatever, but dude, I woke up in the morning and I was like, there's no way, there's no way I couldn't do it. I just, I couldn't do it. I had every intention to, but I was just like, not today. And I did it again today. So I jumped back on the horse, but I think the, the important takeaway that I wanted to share with people here is the whole reason that I did this is I think that, you know, when January comes around, a lot of people jump onto these challenges, right? And for them, working out every day, cleaning up their nutrition, reading a little bit before bed, like these things are very tough because they haven't been habits in the past. And I know that for me and for you, these things aren't like, for me doing a challenge in January, it's like, hey, you have to work out every day. Wouldn't be a challenge. Like I wouldn't be in any way like, ooh, there might be a chance that I'm gonna give up two weeks in. Cause that's just a habit of mine. Like if anything, if I go two, three days without going in the gym, I'm losing my mind. So I wanted to find something that put me in a position where I was like nervous about it. And it would test my like will the same way that I know other people that are trying something really hard are tested. And it was interesting because I fell for the same thing that everyone falls for, which is you're good while you're doing it consistently. And then something comes up that you break that consistency and it's so hard to get back. Like that first day back, once you've like broken a streak is the hardest. And it goes back to that idea of never zero, dude. Like when, like the trip was out of my control, but that first day back and the fact that I missed that day just made it so tough to get back. Like so tough. Cause once you like miss a day like that and you break the streak, you're like, oh, what's the point? Like whatever, like it's not consecutive. And all the things that I know people say through their heads about other things played through my head. And it's the reason I didn't do it. So anyway, I'm glad that I got back into it today. My goal now is to be consistent throughout the rest of the month because I have no traveling coming up. So I should be able to do it. It sucks, but I'm glad that I'm doing it. And it was really eye-opening because I went through the same mental gymnastics that I know that all sorts of people go through when they're trying to do something that's really tough. So it was a good learning lesson. Aside from how hard it is to get in, dude, I'm in such a good mood in the mornings. Like I am yeah. so, don't even need coffee. Like I'm awake. I am ready to go. Then my son wakes up and I get like another dopamine boost. And I'm just like, dude, I'm on like cloud nine in the morning. So it's been really cool, but it sucks to get in. It doesn't get any easier. Zero percent. Yeah, I, I got a, you know, so this morning, it was early. I went for a walk with Ava and uh, it was, it was pitch black outside and we're walking and uh, she wasn't in the best of moods. And uh, she just kind of woke up and Dude, she's going to be 13 here in like a couple months, man. We're just dealing with completely different problems than we 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 used to. And uh, and so we're just walking. I could tell she's like crying and we're like walking. And I'm like, you know, and I could tell uh, she needed a reset, man. And like, I'm, I'm trying different things. I'm like using different words. I'm trying to do deep, I'm trying to do deep breathing. And like nothing's working. So I'm like, all right, when we get back to the house, look, I'll get the cold plunge ready for you. Let's jump in for two minutes. We'll dunk under and let's just reset our mindset and get ready for a positive day. And she did it. Um, it made it a little bit better. Um, but I, I just think that the reason why I thought that was so important this morning is because I was trying to explain to her like, Hey, right now you got something on your mind, whatever it might be. We got things. Everybody's got things that are going on in their mind that are 
difficult. But all of a sudden, when you put this like acute, very difficult thing right in front of you, you have a tendency to forget about those other things that are going on. And it can kind of like level set you. So that's what we tried this morning. Better was better. But I think to your point, dude, you wake up in the morning, doesn't matter what you have going on, dude, you go in that and you just can't think about anything else, but how hard that particular thing is. And then you get through it and you move on with your day. So shout out to you for doing that. And thanks for sharing about your, your lessons learned. I got to get, uh, I got to get in there today because that's something that's hard for me too. Yeah, man. And yesterday, a big reason that I did it today was because yesterday all day, it like haunted me that I didn't do it. Yeah. I was so annoyed at myself. Every time I remembered that I woke up in the morning, I could have done it. I stared at my towel. I stared at my bathing suit and then left the bathroom to go like get my coffee. And it just haunted me all day. I was like, I could have done it and I didn't. So, you know, there's that too. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing, right? You're, you're on that razor's edge. You're on that edge of like, what's comfortable, not, not even comfortable, what's hard and what's like almost borderline, like impossible. And that's one of the reasons why, I mean, for me, like even with the different competitions we have set up this year, like with jujitsu, with tactical games, with probably I'll, I'll be, um, you know, going to rogue invitational again, I'll hopefully be commentating at the CrossFit games, which was, you know, tough. All these things are hard, but I wouldn't put them on like the razor, like the edge of like impossible or like really, really hard. So we got to continue to think about, you know, what that is for me. And if, if there's something that we want to chase, it's like really, really hard. Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that is, but I'm thinking about it like almost like a climbing some type of like gnarly ass mountain with somebody or with a group of people. But I'll keep you guys in tune with what that's going to be for me. Well, count me in. I'll climb a mountain. Yeah. It's got to be something hard though. Like it can't be like a, oh, you know, 10 mile, sure. <laughs> you know, like I'm not trying to do a 10 mile loop. I'm trying to do something really hard. And you know what? Maybe we could do actually as these train hard men's clubs start to grow, maybe we can get a group of guys who want to go do something like that. That'd be really yeah. interesting. Yeah. That'd be fucking super cool. Yeah. You know what? Maybe, maybe Let's that can happen. Dude, you guys are hearing it first on this podcast. That could be, that could be really good. Later today, um, I'm going to, uh, I'm being the MC. So today I got asked uh, by the kids' school to uh to be the pump uh, pi uh pump up guy for uh where the kids like run through the banner to like pump up the kids for like the sports and i like yell out their names so i'm getting ready for that dude i got my speaker i'm fired up for it dude i'm gonna i'm gonna bring like some rocky music um <laughs> it's like from 12 to 12 20 so it's not like it's a big deal but i like the fact that they celebrate they celebrate athletics they celebrate people getting uncomfortable and i want to be the guy who's just like yeah you know every anybody's allowed to do it like it's not it's it's Anybody could participate, but the fact that you chose to go and do it is what we're celebrating today. So it's a pep rally and I'm fired up for it. And that's what I got going on for today. And plus working and other stuff and jujitsu. <laughs> and that thing work. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I started, so I picked up uh, The Daily Dad um, in a bookstore in California. So it's by Ryan Holiday, who has oh, The yeah. Daily Stoic. He a, yeah, he wrote a, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this one is same thing. There's 360 five, 366 for some reason. Anyway, there's 366 like daily meditations all about parenting. So it's like a, you know, three, four paragraph, one page dated every day that just makes you think about different stories and things to think about, about parenting. And it's meant for you to, you know, read the day's meditation, blurb, whatever, um, every day. And there's a little space for notes and whatever. So I started that and, um, it's been good. I, I think that it's, I never got into the daily stoic. Um, I know a lot of people love that stuff and, and read it every day. And I think that there's a lot of value in 
the daily practice of thinking about stuff like that. But the fact that he had one, cause we just walked into a bookshop while we were shopping around San Diego. Um, and I, I, I read the back cover and it seemed interesting and, um, but I'm only a few days in, but it's been nice. So I wake up in the morning. This was the first morning that I did both, but I'm cold plunging. And then I do that. And then my son wakes up and it's just the perfect, like one, two, three, set me up for the day. Um, but it's cool. Have you ever read the daily stoic or done that? I've read the daily stoic. I, I, I used to have, I don't even know where it went. I got a bunch of books sitting here. That is not one of them. Um, but, uh, I, 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 same as you, man, I read it and I, I just, at some point, you know, I think something like that, you can't commit to if it's something that like inspires you and, and whatnot. Um, I like more stories, um, like mm -hmm. long form stories. Um, like even like, uh, I, I love autobiographies. I love reading about, you know, different people and their backgrounds. I like watching documentaries. Um, those are things that inspire me. I, I love storytelling like that, but I might check out that one that you just talked about. So I'll see if yeah, I can. I'll, I'll let you know. I just started it. Um, yeah, the, the first sentence, the literal first sentence of the intro though, I, I, I remember it clearly cause I thought it was really good. And that's what got me to actually buy it. Um, all it said was there's a lot of people that have kids but there are very few people that parent. And I was like, oh shit. Bro, they hooked you. Hook, line, and sink, dude. Like, dude, I read that and I was like, fuck. I don't want to just have kids. I want to be a parent. So anyway, it, it it got me. But it's it, it's been good. At the very least, you know, it may, it helps you start your day with something to think about specific to parenting, which is now probably what I spend most of my like time and energy thinking about. Um, so anyway. Yeah, we got we got a it's Speaking of parenting, I, I got, I'm the assistant, uh, assistant coach for flag football starts this Sunday. I'll have to keep you posted on how that goes. I just listened to a two hour video on the rules and, uh, dude, they, they super professional, man, but they just laid out the rules of like what it means to be a parent coach, like expectations. Like it, it was cool because they partner you up with a high school kid who's the actual head coach. And you're just like, right, right, right. I remember you told me that. Yeah. And one of the things that he said that just like really hit me, and I wish I had watched this video a couple of years ago, because like every year I'm kind of like disappointed by the as the kid coaches. One of the things he said, he's like, guys, like these are kids. They are not parents. They don't know what it's like to, to be a parent. And so your job is to step in there and, and help parent the entire group and let them kind of run the offense. And I thought about it more. I was like, dude, yeah. Like in the years past, I'd like judge these kids for not being able to like communicate with the kids well or whatever. It's like, dude, they're, they're 15, 16 year old kids. They don't know what it's like to have a, you know, a nine year old boy. And so it's really changed my reference going into this, this season is like, how can I support the team? How can I support the kids? And so I'll have to keep you posted on how it goes, but yeah, there's like 40,000 kids that are participating in California or Bay area or whatever it is. And it just goes to show the popularity of flag football. Tackle, I think, has gone down a little bit, but I think flag has just exploded. And lacrosse has exploded, too. Super popular right now. Uh, I was shocked to, to hear, like, just how many people are doing that on the West Coast because it used to be mainly, like, an East Coast thing. Big like, East up, I didn't really know about it. Yeah. Yeah. I always crack up at the idea of you coaching kids. Dude, just wait. Just wait. Like, Because I, I can just I can imagine, like... Dude, you have nothing lower than RP9. RP9 is like your low gear. You have RP10 and RP9 if you really try. Nothing lower than that. 
Dude. So it just cracks me up. I always think of the story when you were like volunteer assistant coaching, the like track coach. What it, what it like nine year old girls start yeah. running barefoot next to them on the track. You got like, me. You got me. Yeah. Oh man, just trying to help out, man. I, I think it'll be good. I, I'll have Ashley take some videos and see what happens. I uh, oh, that'll be good. What I'll need to do is I'll need to get in some like it's like midday, so I'll have to get in some hard training beforehand, so I can go there with like some really like low key energy instead of like getting yeah, just try and tone it down a little bit yeah try and tone it down a little bit otherwise i'll get too hyped and like but i'm uh yeah so i'll have to keep you guys posted on that process and uh speaking of keep you guys posted i appreciate all the responses to our newsletter we've been getting a lot of really cool responses to the newsletter especially those that came to us um through like you know tim kennedy supported the the newsletter we ended up finding a winner for a sheepdog protector one course, which Gabe and I have both talked about, both taking that course. We partnered with them to basically um not auction, but uh what do you call it? Um giveaway. Giving away a yeah. spot on the on in the course. We gave away a spot to a sheepdog protector one course. And so that was super cool. And then shout out to everyone else who's on the newsletter who's coming through the deaf reset. If you're a part of the deaf reset, if you don't know what that is, it's through Jocko and, and Jocko Fuel and Origin and uh, a partnership that we have. But man, we've just had such great energy coming from the Deaf Reset crew, especially on our Train Hard app. So I just want to say thank you if you're part of that. I really appreciate you joining us on our journey of just really trying to level ourselves up. And if you have no idea what Deaf Reset is, no idea what the Tim Kennedy is, but you're on the newsletter, you're responding to us. And if you're on the Train Hard app, just want to say appreciate you. If you don't know what any of that stuff is, you're just listening to the podcast, then hell yeah, man. Go back, check out the other episodes, check out the Kafa Kalipas, check out the question and answer, because we're really just trying to provide as much value as we can and um you know we'll be getting more guests on we'll be doing more things and just sharing with our what our life and what's going on but the right heart has gone it's gone really well dude yeah i mean the you forward me a lot of the the responses that you get um and they always always just like they make my day man um it's still always like a little strange not strange but you know you you get like I don't know if it's imposter syndrome or whatever you want to call it of like, you know, people being like, Hey, like, this is really what I needed. Cause I feel like we're just talking about stuff that we're passionate about. Right. Like this is the conversation that I would have with you. If we were like, Hey, do you want to talk for an hour? I feel yeah. like we would talk about what we talk about on the podcast. Right. So the fact that people like really enjoy what we're talking about and, and get some value from it is, is really cool. Um, and I always appreciate hearing from it. It's funny. I, um, I hear more and more too from people at the gym that I go to here that I that I coach at every now and then that are now like checking out the podcast and stuff. And and that's really cool, man. So fires me up. Shout out Aftermath Strength. Hey, yeah. Thanks for responding to the newsletter. So if you're on our newsletter, the Never Zero newsletter, you can check it out in the podcast show notes. If you respond there, I respond back to you. It's that simple. Like it's it's not like a a bot, it's not some AI, you know, component, although that you know, in the future, I don't know what that'll look like. That scares the shit out of me anyways. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, did you see that, uh, that Joe Rogan where they talk about the, the sex AI robots? I did. Dude. Wild. It's weird, man. Bro. <laughs> it's weird. It is weird. I didn't, I, I watched the video of the woman talking about it and I guess they pulled it up on the screen, but they didn't show it on yeah, they didn't show whatever, it. Yeah. or the clip that I was watching. But some of that stuff, dude, I I mean, I could see how that could be really popular in the future. And it's kind of terrifying. You wonder what's going to happen with regular relationships. Yeah, dude, it's tough, man, because the more you can like, 
you know, just make an artificial partner that is perfect, right? Like seems enticing. Obviously you're losing a lot of what I think makes, you know, relationships and growth through a relationship. Like you're losing all that. Um, yeah, it's trippy to think about, man. It's like that show Black Mirror coming to real life. It's weird, man. It's really weird. Black Mirror? Never even heard of that. Never heard of Black Mirror? Dude. No. Have you ever heard? Of, like the only show that we, with the, you know, the show we watch the most is uh, is Shark Tank. We watch Shark Tank as a Shark fan. Tank is great. Shark yeah, Tank Shark is, is fantastic show. What's Black Mirror? It's not. You shouldn't watch it with the kids, but it's it's on Netflix and it's um. I forget what they're called, but it's like when it's a series, but every episode, it's like a standalone episode. You don't have to watch them in order or anything, but it's all like crazy futuristic like scenarios. And a lot of the episodes, like the first season came out a few years ago, but it's like a lot of stuff that's like kind of happening now. They just like, they play into these like things that like what the future might look like with, you know, all these technologies happening. And it's really well done. Like it has some like really good cast and it's, um, but it's super trippy stuff. You should watch it. You should watch it. And we should talk about it next episode. Does it get me like, cause you know, that movie, uh, the recent one, we talked about this a little bit, the one like that, that tanker is going towards the beach. It was just super. Oh trippy. yeah. Yeah. The one that I refuse to watch. Because yeah, I didn't waste any day. yeah. Yeah. Yeah that one like starts to like you know it starts to like freak you out for like a minute and then people forget about it um but okay i'll have to watch it black mirror that's what mm -hmm. it is okay yeah, black mirror all right well black mirror i'll take a look at that but upcoming events um if you are in the bay area make sure to shoot us a message um we have the train hard men's club that happens pretty much every weekend we will also be potentially expanding those in the future but for now they're just they're just around here and if you're in Arizona for the tactical games, February 24th, I will be competing in that. So, um, so is the national champion, Jacob Hepner. So I'm my, my, uh, I'm just trying to keep up with him, but that might be tough. So yeah, he's competing in it. So he's been super dude. You know, it's been super cool about him. He's really tried to like help me out, even though I'll be competing with him in the same division. I think he either thinks I have zero shot of competing with him or he's just like that guy who wants to see the tide rise, which which makes me feel really good about it. But that's happening at the end of Jan uh, end of February. I love that, man. Like, if he's going to be the champion, he wants the best people on the playing field at their best game, and he wants to beat them at their best. He doesn't want, like, to beat Jason Kalipa because Jason Kalipa was, like, woefully unprepared. He wants to beat Jason Kalipa because Jason Kalipa was prepared, but he was still better, which, Dude. shout out that mentality. I love that. That's Bro. fucking cool. So I call him like, Hey man, when should I fly in? He's like, you should fly in Friday morning. So you and I could go to the range and go, um, zero our scope or whatever. And look at like the air and this and that. So we could be on target. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you're, you're, you're talking a different language to me. I know. I understand the idea of zeroing your scope I, I, because we're in a different state and different, like whatever. And I got to look at the ammunition and how it flies. So he's like, show up on Friday. He's like, He's like, I'm getting an Airbnb. You can just stay with me. I'm like, what? I was like, okay. Like, but just super gracious. I was like, yeah, man, I, I don't really know about the gear. He's like, look, dude, I got extra of this, 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 this. If you need this, I got this. I'm like, all right, cool. So yeah. Anyways, I, I just, that's a really, really, um, it's something I'm really taking to heart that like, as I continue to explore this sport and maybe even others, I want to be that same way. Like he's helping me out with no apprehension to his possibility of getting beat like it doesn't even it's not even going through his mind and like granted he's 
he's super good, but it's also because he just wants to see like his friends do well and which is awesome. In the back of your head, how badly do you want to beat him? I want to beat him really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, want I to, fucking love it. <laughs> I want to beat him. I, my likelihood of beating him in, in, in Arizona is, is not very high. If I'm being sure. Honest, like, sure. But I'm just doing Arizona. Like I'm dude, I'm going there. I'm, my, my goal is to perform super well. Like, but I haven't earned like back to like this idea of earned confidence. Like I have not put in the reps that I need to go there and be like, I should, I should win. Sure. Right. Sure. I have done the reps to be like, I should be able to perform well. I should be able to keep up with the pack. That's my goal. I don't want to look stupid. I want to look like I know what I'm doing. I want to look, I want to look like people be like, oh, dude, that guy a little bit longer and he's going to be a threat. Like that's kind of where I want to be. And then put in the work for the next year, get the national championships. Woo. That's, that's the plan. But for now, let's just take it one step at a time. I'm fired up, man. It's going to be fun. Fired. To I'm fired up too. And there's a lot of attention behind it, bro. Smith and Weston reach out. Remington I got connected to like, bro, people are fired up about tack games. And uh, so am I. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, Shout out to Jacob Hebner. Thanks for uh, being there to support. Um, for everybody else out there, you know, Gabe's out there trying to learn how to fly, or he is flying. He's not trying to learn. He is flying. He's flying planes um, and tactical games. And, uh, you know, getting back in the plunge, I'm trying to do different things as well. You know, whatever you have going on in your life, right? Trying to think about chasing these goals, different things you have going on, because it's just going to help you in other areas. And for me, I typically have these athletic endeavors I'm trying to shoot towards. They keep me on a path of training and motivation and learning new skills. I don't know what that is for you, but let us know. Hit us up also with your questions for the question of the week by responding to the newsletter. If you respond to the newsletter with questions, we will get to them for the month of February. We'll be answering soon your questions of the week. So make sure to send those to us and um, we'll get to them very, very shortly. Gabe, any clear and closing remarks here? No, man, just keep reaching out. If you listen to the podcast, if you read the newsletters, um, I think next episode, we'll talk a little bit about what's coming up in flex um, specifically with the first cycle of the year kind of closing out and the second one starting back up. We're going to be building some five rep maxes on the sumo deadlift, the bench press and the front squat. So I'm excited. Um, but yeah, man, training, getting ready to be a parent of two, dad of two. Um, all good stuff, man. All exciting stuff. It's going to be a good year. I love it, man. Well, I'm going to be getting some uh, reverse hamstring curls or hamstring curls on the rower today. Hell yeah. And I will be getting after some force and flex workouts. Make sure to check out the Train Hard app. But most importantly, whether you're on the app or off the app, go get outside, go do something hard and uh, see you again next week. Let's get it.